0: Well, turning your Bibles back to Matthew 16, we've been there. I, I'm, yeah, but, yeah, Matthew 16, and we've been seeing. Uh the sayings of Peter. We've been looking at the different things that he said, sort of selected things, and, and we, and to know and understand. But as we got to this, last time, we saw the two questions by Jesus to his apostles. And he basically said, who do the people say that I am? Who do you I say that I am? And then Peter answers. And when Jesus got Peter's answer, then Jesus started talking about something, and he talked about some truths we need to know and apply. And the truths deal with the church and the kingdom. And so here's what Jesus said. He said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And then he said, Peter, I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Well, how did, what does that mean? Does it fit together? Or are they the same thing? How does it fit and, and so we want to see that and be able to understand how that fits together. When, when you think about authority, uh, a lot of people like authority. You know, they want to have authority. We're supposed to submit to authority. We're supposed to submit to the laws of our government, to our bosses, our teachers, family relationships, all those kind of things. We want authority. Uh, and, and sometimes uh, when you think about it as a believer, we're under authority. We're under the authority of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And, and yet we're sent out with authority to teach the Bible and to tell people about Christ. In fact, That's why Paul talked about it. And we said, we are ambassadors for Christ and we go with a message, but we're not the authority. Jesus Christ has all authority. Matthew 28, all authority has been given to him in heaven and earth. We get to go, but we go with the authority of Jesus Christ and the word of God. They all, all goes together. And so as we look at this passage, something a little bit unusual, because Jesus says to Peter, he says, Jesus gives Peter the keys of the kingdom. What does that mean? What is this? It sounds like some kind of authority, and, and it is, and we're going to see it as we go through it. Remember, what Peter was an apostle of Jesus Christ. He was sent out with authority. Peter had authority because he represented Christ. Peter gave direct revelation. Peter got direct revelation, and there are some things that, as we look at them, they're just hard to figure out. So let's, let's sort of get a brief review for a second, and this is what Jesus said to Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Keys to the kingdom. And, and, and uh, basically, uh, he, he looks at that. We look at that and go, are they the same? Does it all fit together? What happened? We have seen Peter's sayings, and we're now up to his fifth saying. And his fifth saying is, because Jesus said, who do the people say that I am? And they said something like, well, they think you're John the Baptist or you're Elijah or you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, but who do you think that I am? And Peter, of course, said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. That's his fifth saying that we've been looking at. There's going to be a number of them as we go through our study. It's going to take us a little bit of while to get through it. But he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And of course, when we see the Christ, it means he's the Messiah and the Savior, the one who is the anointed one of God, the prophet, priest, and king. And then he's the son of the living God. He actually said, Jesus, you're God. And that's really the key. So he says, he says, Jesus, you are the Christ and you are the son of God. So that's who you are. You're the one we've always waited for, the one who's the prophet, priest, and king, the son of God who's going to come and deal with the sins of the world and all of that. If you look at chapter 16 of Matthew and verse 18, uh, Jesus says, I say to you, he's talking to Peter, that you are Peter And upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And then here's something weird that people go, what does this mean? And whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So we got two kind of hard things there. And literally, we talked about this, that he said, you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church. And when we looked at that, we said that Peter literally means little rock, and the word for upon this rock is the word for a boulder or a big rock. And so we talked about it last week. That there some people who there were three different views, but there were some people who say you are Peter. And upon this rock, you're the rock, and you're the rock of the church, and I'm going to build my church. And most Catholics say that, Jesus, that Peter was the rock of the church, and he became the first pope, and, and all of that. It doesn't fit the scripture because he says, you're Peter, and it's a little be, It's a word for a little, lo- a little rock. And then he said, upon this rock, and it was a word for a boulder. It's a different thing. And so we basically looked at it and said this, that Peter was not the rock, but the rock is Jesus. And it's either that you are Peter, a little rock, and upon this rock, the big rock is Jesus. I will... I will build my church, or even Peter's statement of faith, that he is the Son of God and the Messiah. So there were two views. One is that Jesus is the rock, or the statement about Jesus is the rock. Either one fits, uh, and you could do either one. Now, the first one does not fit with the Scripture. And so, you know, we, we get a lot of good stuff there. And then Jesus makes a second statement in verse 19, and this is the one that I, we really need to spend some time on, he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and, and, and basically he has the right of binding and loosing. And what does that mean? And what if somebody came to you right now and said, Peter has the keys to the kingdom of heaven? What does that mean? I mean, does that mean that he is the first pope and that he has the keys to the church and everything like that, and binding and loosing means whatever he says goes? Is that what that means? Well, you would say, well, first of all, Peter is not the pope of the church, and he's not the rock. And then, if you notice carefully, he didn't say, I give you the keys of the church. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to look at three things. We're going to see that this deals with the kingdom of heaven. What are the keys? And what is the binding and loosing? There are these three things that we're going to look at. And I think there's some, some really good things. So first of all, start with this. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus didn't say, I give you the keys to the church. He's not talking about the church. He's not talking about the body of Christ. The kingdom of heaven and the body of Christ are not the same thing. Now, everybody that's in the church is also in the body of Christ and also is in the kingdom The kingdom aspect. I want to remind you that when Jesus died and rose again and then ascended into heaven and the church started, this is the church, which is the body of Christ, which is made of Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ placed into one body. In the Old Testament, there were Jews, there were Gentiles, but this is a unique time. We talked last week about the fact that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us in a permanent way, the body of Christ, and this is the church. Now, this is the kingdom. Peter, he said, uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's, the church is being built on the rock, Jesus Christ, and the, and the message about him. But he said to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. This is the church. This is the kingdom. They're two different things. They're two different times. Now, everyone who's a believer in Jesus Christ now is called the church. And all of us who know Jesus Christ the Savior, who are the church, we will be in the kingdom. There's no doubt about that. But the time of the kingdom and the time of the church are two different things. So he didn't say to Peter, upon this rock, I'll build my church and I'll give you the keys of the church. He didn't say that. He said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so... The book of Matthew talks about the kingdom of heaven, refers to the reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. It's the thousand-year reign. If you go to Revelation chapter 20, beginning about verse 2, and to about verse 11 or 12, six or seven times he talks about the thousand years and talks about the thousand-year reign of Christ. So, Peter has the keys to the kingdom of heaven, which is dealing with the reign of Christ, which is what... And let me just say this for you. All throughout history... From Adam and Eve on, the world has been looking for the kingdom and the king and the Messiah and the Savior. They weren't looking for the church in the Old Testament. The people weren't looking for the church. It was a mystery. We're supposed to be looking forward to the what? To the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. It's a different time and a different thing. It all ties together though. But that's what it is. So Peter is not the head. Of the, he's not the head of the church. Okay, so. So here's, here's, here's the second big question then. What are the keys? It's twofold. Keys represent entrance and authority. And this is for all people. This just didn't the church age, but it's for all people. And I want to show you how this fits together. First of all, entrance is the way to enter the kingdom of God. Now, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the what? kingdom of God. He wasn't talking about the church. In fact, the church hasn't even started yet. The kingdom of God is the time in which everyone who's ever believed will come together. Old Testament saying when David died. David went to the heart of the earth, and then Jesus took him up to the heavenly places. And then when the kingdom begins, David's body, King David's body will be raised from the grave, and he will go into the kingdom and reign for a thousand years with Jesus Christ. So Old Testament saints are going to be in the kingdom. Church age saints will be in the kingdom. But, you know, before the nation of Israel, Gentiles who believed will be in the kingdom. So the kingdom is the key. So he's saying, Peter, you have the way of the entrance into the kingdom. I thought, I think he means when he got the keys because he's got the message. And what is the message? How do you, how do you enter the kingdom of God? By what? By faith. By faith in Jesus Christ as a Messiah and Savior. Now, at this day and time, when you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, you're placed in the Christ. body of Christ. But ultimately all of us are going to be where? In the kingdom. kingdom because all believers end up in the kingdom. So there's a second thing though, and I want you to see this. Oh, back. How? In the confession that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. The second part is authority. Peter has authority as an apostle, and he's sent out to proclaim this message that people will ultimately be in the kingdom of God. Now, it is true that anyone that lived at that time after, after the church age began, anyone that believes in Christ is part of the church. But everybody who's ever believed from Adam and Eve through all, before the nation of Israel, under the nation of Israel, in the church, in the tribulation time period who believe, every one of those will be in the kingdom. So the kingdom is kind of the idea of this. We, what people have always said is, boy, when you die, you want to go to where? If you, but we don't go to heaven. We go to heaven for a very short time. The eternal state, first of all, the eternity is beginning with a thousand year reign on this earth and then a new heavens and a new earth and an eternal reign. It's not a heaven. When people say, I don't know if I want to go to heaven and hang around, I said, you won't be in heaven very long. You'll be a thousand years on this earth and then you'll be in eternity. Jesus Christ. And of course, the truth is nobody's going to go to heaven and hang around, right? Based on how you live now, you'll have rewards, rewards in the kingdom, okay? So let's talk about this authority that Peter had, and I want to show you something you may not have ever thought about. The keys to bring people in the kingdom of heaven, there were three groups, the Jew, the Gentile, and Samaritans. Now, these are not this is this is not believers. This is not believers. We're not talking about the church. We're talking about bringing people into the kingdom of God. And there were three groups on the earth, the Jew, then the Gentiles, and Samaritans. That's where they dealt with. If you remember when he said Jesus told them, He said, You will be my disciples, you know. He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, the and the fathers, teach them, of the Lord, and lo and with you always. And then he says in Acts 1 8, You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other most parts of the earth. That's the, the big three groups. And did you know that Peter was the one responsible, given the responsibility by God, to take the message to the Jew, the Samaritan, and the Gentile? And you say, Really? Yeah, think about it. Acts chapter 2. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes down. Thousands of Jewish people are all out there for the Feast of Pentecost. They hear them speaking in languages that they can all understand. And some people say, I'm from this place, and I hear them talking in my language. And another guy, has another. he's from another place, and he hears them talking in his language, and they all come together. And Peter stands up and basically says to the Jews, you crucified the Messiah, but it's not too late. Believe in him as the savior of the world he and 5,000 people believe that day so who went to the jew first peter did we all say well you know that's right okay well then who's next samaritans do you didn't realize that their persecution came and people went up to samaria and people began to believe in christ but they weren't connected in yet because the, 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 they didn't want to have a Samaritan church and a Jewish church. So Peter, as the representative of Jesus Christ, went to Samaria in Acts chapter 8 and told them about the Messiah, brought them together in one body, and the Samaritans believed. And then the third group, Acts chapter 10, a guy by the name of Cornelius was a Gentile. And he had been praying to God. You know, there's some people say that unbelievers can't can't believe anything and they can't turn to God or they can't do anything. And so that's so wrong because Cornelius was not a believer and he prayed to God and he gave money to the synagogues and he wanted to know God, but he didn't know about salvation. And so God sent an angel to Cornelius and said, your prayers and your alms have gone up to God. Call for Peter. He will tell you how to have eternal life. He calls for Peter. Peter comes in, comes into the family. There's all these people waiting there. And Cornelius bows down in front of Peter. And Peter says, get up. I'm not, I'm not God. I'm just a man. I got a message for you. And he tells them the message. And right in the middle of it, they all believe in Christ. Who take, took the message to the Gentiles? Who did? Peter. Now, we know later on, Paul got set apart to be the apostle to the Gentiles, and Peter got set aside to be the apostle to the Jews. But who took to the Jews first? Peter. Who took to the Samaritans first? Peter. Who took to the Gentiles first? Peter. That's why I think when he says, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom, because Peter got to take the message to the three groups. And so he has, Peter has the keys, the authority for Jews, Samaritans, and Gentiles to enter the kingdom of heaven. So that's what I think that is. So let me do two quick things, just looking at time. Number one, when talked about the fact that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church, understanding, number one, that Peter's not the rock. The rock is either Jesus or the the beliefs about Jesus on which he builds the church. That's a totally different thing. The second thing is you're Peter. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And when you think of keys of the kingdom, what does that mean? How does it fit? How does it fit together? The keys of the kingdom are taking the message, I think, to the Jews, the Samaritans, and the Gentiles. Now, we're not through because we've got one more big thing, which a lot of people are confused about. He says in verse 19, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever... Now, you read this carefully. This is New American Standard. They've done it right. Listen to this. And whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven... And whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. What is the binding and the loosing? The binding, when Peter, whatever Peter binds on earth has already been bound in heaven. Binding and loosing deals with authority. Binding means I'm, I'm saying it's fine. Loosing means I'm saying it's not fine. He says whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth peter has already been loosed and so what what are we saying what is he talking about and so we could say it this way if you believe in jesus christ you have eternal life Do you, let me ask you a question can you say to somebody if they believe in jesus christ can you say if you put your faith in christ for eternal life that moment he gives you what can you say that why Because already in heaven, Jesus has said, when you tell them they have eternal life by faith in me, they have eternal life. What you bind on this earth has already been bound in heaven. What we are binding has already been bound. Whatever we're saying, we have the authority to say, if you believe in Christ, you have eternal life. Because Jesus has already said, when they believe in Christ, they have eternal life. That's what he's telling Peter. Okay, now, what do you think about loosening? If you reject... If a person says, I don't believe any of that, you say, if you don't believe any of that, you're going to be separated from God forever because that's what God has already said in heaven. That's all this means. It's not some complicated thing which people get all bent out of shape and they go, I don't know what this means. In fact, most people read it this way. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That's not what it says. It says whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. And so all that's saying is, when you give a message, when you tell the truth based on the scripture, then you can confidently say that this means this, because this is what the scripture says, because Jesus has already said that. He's already said, this is the key. And I I really like it just, just by going to the gospel. And so you can go and share your faith, and you can tell someone that Jesus died and rose again for them, and if they will believe in him, they will have what? And you can tell them, if you believe in Jesus, you get what? Why? Because Jesus already said, the moment they believe in me, they have what? Eternal life. And if they say, I don't believe that, or I'm not believing that, and say, let me say this. I love you. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, you'll be separated from him forever. You have the authority to say to them, they'll be separated forever. Why? Because Jesus already said that. You're just being his representative. And all he's saying to Peter is whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And so that's all that means. So that's why I wanted to go over this because this little passage about the rock and the church and Hades and the keys of the kingdom and all that, it's all confusing and it's been confusing for a long time. So the bottom line is the keys given to Peter deal with eternal life and the entrance into the kingdom. And Peter has the authority to tell what Jesus Christ has already said. You understand, when you say to somebody... If you believe in Jesus Christ, you get what? You're not the authority. You don't, get, you, you don't give, you're not the one that says, I, gi- I give you eternal life. You're not the one. It's already been bound in heaven. You're just the representative. And what you bind on earth by saying you have eternal life is what Jesus has already said. You got to remember that. He's the authority. And so he says to Peter, Whatever you bound down here, it's already been bound there. Whatever you loose down here, it's already been loosed up there because I've done it. So with that in mind, let me give you some applications. Let's understand Peter's role as an apostle. And in this passage, he's talking about the keys of the kingdom. And that the keys are the entrance. It's by faith in Jesus as Messiah and Savior. That's that what he got to do. He got to tell people that. And the authority is the binding and loosing, which is the truths of the Bible. And by the way, the binding and loosing could be any truth from Scripture that Jesus said. If you said, do you understand Jesus is the great shepherd you're not saying that because you're given that authority and telling it. It's already because he's already said, I'm the great shepherd. If you said, you know, Jesus Christ, you'll, you'll never perish. You'll never, he'll, nothing can pluck you out of his hand. You're not given the authority that they won't be plucked out of his hand. You're only saying what Jesus has already said. So that's what the binding and the loosing is. It's a really powerful, powerful part. And you get to have a part in it because you have the message. You have the message that Jesus has already given and you can go with that message. The second thing is, let's understand Peter's ministry. And so he, got to, he was sent to the Jews, the Samaritans, and the Gentiles. It's really unusual when you look at this, because normally we stop and think and we say, who was the apostle to the Jews? And we say, Peter. Who was the apostle to the Gentiles? And we say, Paul. But at the very beginning of the ministry, the one that had the keys was Peter, because he went straight to the Jews on Acts 2, he went straight to the Samaritans in Acts 8, and he went to the Gentiles in Acts 10. And by the way, in Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius believes, that's the first time they went, nobody up to that point in time as a Jew would even go into a Gentile's house. And God came to Peter in a dream. If you remember, God came to Peter in a dream. He was it was time for lunch, and they told him it wasn't ready yet, just go do something else. So he goes up on top of the roof, and he's waiting to eat lunch, and he has a vision, and a sheet comes down out of heaven. And in that sheet are all these animals that are wild, just you know, all kind of terrible animals. And then, and then God's voice says, Peter, eat. And Peter goes, I, I can't eat that because that's not under the Mosaic law to eat, and I'm not going to be able to eat that. And God says, what I have cleansed is cleansed and it says it three times and the sheet goes back up and all of a sudden Peter realizes what's going because Gentiles come to meet him and ask him to come go to Cornelius' house and Peter goes, wow, I've always considered Gentiles as unclean and they're not. And what God is telling me is I need to go to the Gentiles. That's the first time people went to the Gentiles in that in that kind of way. And so Peter is unique And uh, we sometimes make fun of Peter because he says things that he probably shouldn't have said. In fact, the next thing we study, Peter says something he shouldn't have said. But in this passage, he said really some really good stuff. Uh, I don't think we should ever make fun of Peter. He's a pretty tough guy. And I think when we get there, we'll say, you did great. Overall, you did real good. You know, you did real good. Here's the third one. Let's realize we have authority based on the Word of God. We do. And that when you say, if you believe in Jesus Christ, what do you have? You have the authority to tell people they have eternal life because what you're binding here has already been bound up there. God has already said, Jesus has already said, you can tell them they have eternal life because I've already said they have eternal life.